everyone, and welcome to the new format for Tales from Stringersburg. Uh, what we're going to be doing for, for the next bit, we don't know how long it's going to last, is we're going to be releasing every other week, and we're going to be doing about an hour per episode, seeing how long it goes, and sorry, I'm being distracted by the <laughs> numbskulls on my video chat. <laughs> Uh, speaking Would of you call skulls, us? Uh, give us give us some introductions. Uh, to my first right is Joshua Flacavento. My dubious superhero name is Doctor Literacy. I'm a renegade English teacher. No, um, hi, I'm Josh. Um, I Your play puppeteer. Right. Yes. Not what I actually do in a bedsheet and an old late at night correcting people's grammar on the street no um uh i play the puppeteer aka fergus craigson or just fergus um he's a troubled psychic um superhero he's just some guy you know he's he's there you you you, you probably don't know him he doesn't want you to know him. He doesn't like to be known, but he's out there and and and, and he's doing stuff and maybe it's not all bad Mm. All right, and uh, Jubal. So um, I'm Jubal. I don't have a dubious superhero name yet, but I need to get one because that's a great idea. And uh, my character is uh, Powder Girl, and she is a let's see, I always forget her real name. Claire Robbins, Claire Robbins, Powder Girl, and a character I wrote a very long time ago that I have picked back up uh, maybe about three podcasts ago. I picked up the I picked up uh, playing the character again. She is a a a girl from a very rough background who uh used her uh burgeoning intelligence to create hella good meth and other drugs. And so as she was uh in that world and may or may not have been a user growing up. May or may not have been a user growing up. Oh, oh shorten it. Okay. Um we don't need the backstory. Me, we just need a the blurb. The oh, right. Sorry. We, yep. we need the 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 bio on the back of the trading card. Oh yeah, on the back of the comic book. Let's see. Brilliant, unlikely scientist who's focused on uh, chemical uh, super serums. Uh, now probably fights crime. <laughs> All right. There we go. Yeah, that was good. How was that? That was a little off the head. Yes. Sorry. Should have had that ready. Uh, it's okay. Learning process for all of us. So, previously on the last issue of Tales from Stringersburg, this is going to be a bit odd for us because they haven't quite been published at the time we're recording this, but the Ferguson three parts just ended, uh, which was Fergus journeying, journeying into his self and his psyche and his id and all that good stuff. But the last we saw outside of that was Fergus and Claire meeting up in Future's Realm, kind of having a back and forth and everything about Horatio. Future's Realm getting attacked, Fergus getting thrown out into the space between time, arriving at the end of time, meeting a uh, woman named June and then being hurled back into uh, his time and reality uh, with a message to find her, save her. He arrives back, and when he starts moving, he sees the city uh, with metas attacking each other, uh, MHTF blockades out on the, the roads, and as soon as he starts heading towards the MHTF, his body knits itself back into reality and he falls out of his energy form and back into his material self. Meanwhile, Claire and Horatio start to look at this material that's a possible gateway outside, out of Future's Realm, and that's where we cut from them. But I think we're going to do the recordings later, and we're going to come in on... Not right, not right this second, but we're going to come in on Claire also arriving in the same time and dimension. 
and we'll we'll find a time that maybe me and you can get together, Jubal, and do uh, the actual how you got there. In true comic book form, it doesn't necessarily have to be linear. Yes, exactly. Especially in this storyline. <laughs> With major characters named after tenses of time, I yeah. expect so. So, Fergus, that's your situation. You're butt naked, on the grass, outside of the city, not really around anything. You see 138 patrolling around the, the city uh, due to this new rule system. Speaking of which, if uh, you haven't listened to the past episodes, if you're just now jumping in, we're switching from 2nd Edition Mutants and Masterminds to uh, Prowlers and Paragons Ultimate Edition because it just kind of fits our narrative structure a bit better. Uh, so due to mechanical tweaks, 138 is not as tall as he used to be. He's around, he's only about 60 feet tall. A mirror. Mirror, yeah. What was he in the uh, under the previous rule set? He was almost 100. Oh, jeez. I mean, at that scale, it's... <clears throat> okay, so Fergus is just on like a like a hillside with Yeah, you're you're on this this small raise uh with a cove of trees around you. Uh probably you're in the northwest corner, so you've got the Mississippi River coming down in front of you. Um and the only uh ingress into the city is either the uh, bridges off the interstates um, or there's probably like some ferries or, or, or something like that. Okay, he he heads for the river and um, as he goes first he's gonna try and, and fly and realize that he cannot. He just sort of stands there for, well, he, he, he takes half a dozen steps and then slows down, thinks about it, and just like, no, 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 and uh, continues awkwardly on foot. Um, while he's walking, he's looking out for anyone he might encounter. The first person that he sees is just instinctively going to take control of because he needs to know certain things, and also he needs to not be seen walking around naked. Okay. Uh, what is your covert? Covert, a shockingly broad skill, is four. Four? Okay. Ooh, okay. Um, let us roll for that. Okay, we can roll. try. I know what the MHTF MOOC rating is. Um, that's four successes, and two of them are sixes, so that's actually six. So, yeah, you got one more success from them, so you got, you get to narrate the outcome, and then I get to embellish. Oh, okay. So forgive us, everyone, like, this is a new system, this is actually the brand spanking first time that we've used this, so. Okay, so, um... In this area outside the city, um, there's sort of a Detroit situation in that there used to be smaller satellite communities outside of Stringersburg, but with economic decline, they've been abandoned. And so Fergus actually um, walks down this little hillock um, across some grass, and as it starts to turn to asphalt, he's in an abandoned strip mall. And in that strip mall is a uh, an old off-brand clothing store. So he goes in, he he walks in there, he has no idea that there's a patrol going by at the time, but there are MHTF dudes. Because I, cause I, I, like, barely made it, right? That's kind of what I'm... Yeah, yeah, like, you didn't completely succeed, but you succeeded in what you were trying, and then I get, once you narrate what you're doing, I get to do a, like, a little add-on. Oh, okay. Well, I'll stop dictating then. He 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 walks into this used clothing store, 
uh, in his eagerness to cover himself, and he's not really aware of what's going on outside. But yeah, actually what you said is is what I was going to add, is there, there's a patrol that you hear a, like a, a APC? No, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, armored personnel carrier? Yeah, APC. APC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you hear it motoring by, so you know that the, the MHTF is doing active patrols. Okay, he stands very still for a long time. Uh, Dutton seem like they're coming in or or anything they're just maybe doing like a, a perimeter sweep or, or something along those lines okay he he's gonna um go to the back door of this he's he's okay he goes through one of those employees only doors fergus actually probably uh, spent a little time in retail as a teenager or something Real quick, uh, evens or odds? Odds. Okay. This is an old strip mall that went out in... Mm, probably 2005. So it's been shut down for a while. Uh, and the only clothing store you're able to find uh, that actually still has any type of merchandise is an old Gadzooks. So... <laughs> Fergus, okay. the only thing you can find are big uh, raver parachute pants. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, sure. And like, and like shiny v-neck shirts and, yeah, yeah. and like absurd, with okay. print, yeah. Okay, but that means probably also that there's like a, a party section, right? And so there are probably masks. Yes, yeah. we'll say. Okay, it's not his choice it's not a uh an expressionless drama mask but he finds a mask um let's say it's a it's a white rabbit Why are you i don't know drug reference suit? yeah 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 donnie gindaco kid yeah so uh he he puts on these absurd clothes and the uh rabbit mask and um he's gonna go through the like service hallways and all of that stuff, and and try and orient himself so that he is going toward the river without exiting the buildings until he absolutely has to. Okay. But the idea, the idea generally is to find the river and then head south. Okay. Uh, I want to make you roll for it just because you're orientating yourself back into this world, but nah. Um. Yeah, you... I can bump my head on some stuff. I can, you know, waste a bunch of my time. Nah, you you stick your head out, and, and you're thrown off every now and then because you're used to this weird, like, kind of non-Euclidean space that you move through for who knows how long. But one important thing that you do catch is when you're leaving, uh, there's a full-length mirror, and before you've put the mask on, you're you know, you've got it on the top of your head getting ready to pull it down you look over and you see yourself and you're you're not old like when when we started this podcast i think fergus was like early 40s late 30s early 40s um because the time that had had elapsed because when we originally started the chicago game you're like 32 right so he'd be in his late yeah yeah, so he's late 30s, early 40s, and you you look very similar. Like, what what is Fergus's, like, outside of his costume, like, what is his physical appearance? I guess I've always pictured him as sort of a skinny guy. Well, not skinny, exactly. Just... Um, not muscular, with sort of a long, narrow face, just kind of like sandy, blonde, light brownish sort of hair that he's never really known what to do with and is um, generally cut very short. He's probably just... He's probably got a sort of longish or maybe bent in some interesting way, knows. I mean, that's, he's probably got, like, one feature that makes him look like somebody, but other than that, he's just... I've never... 
I mean, he's just sort of a wimpy white dude, I guess. He's almost innocuous. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is technique. You know, he, like, tries very hard to be, but he also had like, he's not handsome, he's not ugly, he's, he's not super pale. Almost every way. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not much of anybody, okay. physically. Well, you, you, you know, you're used to seeing this, and, or that that's your mental idea of what Fergus is to himself. And you look over, and you've got a little bit of growth on your chin, and your hair's a little longer, but there's some gray in it. There's, like, some gray streaks coming down the sides of the, the chin, and uh, the hair's a little salt and peppered, but it's the eyes. They just look... It's not like you have crow's feet and a bunch of wrinkles and shit, but it's like what's behind them just looks aged. And the way you see, like... I'm trying to think uh Like someone who's seen a lot of shit, like really... Like somebody that survived... Haunted? Some, yeah, so, so, that's just got like almost that um, like glassy-eyed thousand-yard stare. Like Fergus has that now. Yeah. That makes sense. But he still is aghast, not necessarily at his own face, but at the combination of this new face and this outfit. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, it's God. Pretty, it's pretty horrendous. Uh, but yeah, after you stick your head out a couple doors and, and finally find uh, the right hall, you know, you're able to like creak open some access doors to kind of see where you're at. And you almost get caught once, like you, the the armored personnel carrier like had just passed by, and you stick your head out, and you think for a second that one of the guys sees you, but you you freeze, and they drive on. Uh, but yeah, eventually you're able to get as close to the river as you possibly can. Once he knows he's he's gotten away from them, yeah, he he heads for the river, and and under his breath, he's like, not. Yeah, my little piglets. Alright, so you get to the river, and you see there's a decommissioned, like, uh, tour ferry that was kind of built onto the back of this, like, uh, mini mall, strip mall kind of deal where it was like tourists could come and, you know go to America's Venice and all this other stuff. And this probably ran out around the same time that the, the, the strip mall did. So the boat is questionable. Uh, you don't know if it's got gas in it or anything, but yeah, you see it on the bank of the river. You see a small dock and you see this rickety old, uh, it's not a pontoon boat, but it's one of those tour boats that you see that's kind of got the glass cabin in the front. And then it's got like two rows of seats down the sides. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is docked at some sort of facility, right? So there's like a parking lot? Right, it's just like a small singular dock that's got this boat on it. Okay. Kind of like, you, you figure that they probably took them out the back of the mini mall or had people drive around and then they loaded oh, up this and then... Oh, I see. Okay. But no, no cars nearby. No. Okay. Um, he'll search the boat. Not okay. that he knows really how boats work, but he's going to look for things like a key, an engine, a wheel. Yeah, it it looks like it's got like you kind of mess around and and look at some, under some of the seats and you find one. You find a key that fits into the ignition. You find the boat keys. Seems floatable uh you try the do you try the ignition mm-hmm nothing you just it doesn't even like batteries dead okay does this thing move by a paddle wheel no it's it's got a <laughs> it's got a uh boat propeller it's a gas motor mm-hmm Okay, that's too bad, because otherwise I would push it with my mind. What What is your TK rating? 12. 
Uh, let's see. In my handy little thing that I made here, let me look at my weight chart. Ooh, weight chart. Yes, be very impressed. Well, I'm waiting. <laughs> mine was mine was everybody weight chart tonight. No, oh, is that a Wang Chung? It's like everybody Wang Chun tonight. That's, yeah, it's a bleak. I like it. Uh, let's a popular see. song. It was that's that's going to be my most accessible joke of the evening. By the way, probably that sounds about right. <laughs> Let's let's say this boat is a thousand pounds, which is five five dice. So if you have a, a might of five, you can lift a thousand pounds. So okay. if you have a TK, what's your TK again? Like, Twelve. Yeah, you can fucking push this boat with your TK, no problem. Hmm. Okay. Got a little magneto thing going on, just sort of. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Fergus, Fergus has to make this make sense to himself visually, and, and and it has to be sort of in the context of the stage. So he he goes out onto the deck, and he holds with one hand. He's sort of holding the shore, and with the other, he's just sweeping the boat along. And he propels so himself doing down the river that bending. way. Boat action. I don't know. That that doesn't seem like his style. That right. would be too martial artsy. No, that's true. Fergus would absolutely detest the idea of practicing martial arts. Okay. So yeah, you you're about halfway across the river, and I'm sure you you've both, especially you, Jubal, have seen how fucking wide the Mississippi is. Um, I've been on the Mississippi. Yeah. Thing's huge. So you're about halfway across when the personnel carrier comes back around and you hear over a megaphone. Sir, please come back to shore. Cease and assist your actions. Um, okay. So just to clarify, my my plan was to head south into the city. Right. But I'm sure they would spot me anyway. Yeah. Okay, when you said across, I thought. Well, um, you're you're on one shore and you're having to head across to. Shrinkage. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yes, you're heading you're heading on like a southeastern direction. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Fergus ignores them. Okay. Are you aiming for any particular part of the city? No, just trying to put foot on Stringersburg soil as quickly as possible. Okay. Yeah, you you continue to go across, and you know you continue to hear things, and eventually it just kind of. <laughs> but you get, you land into the berg. Uh, you actually land on on one of the dockside streets, um, one that's been slightly gentrified. Um, this is kind of new to you, like you're pretty familiar, like you made sure you were familiar with the city. But this has been gentrified, like the sidewalk at one point must have looked really nice, and there's some wood benches, um, a few of them that haven't been destroyed. Uh, you see a couple of really nice, like Bradford pears that have been planted. A few of them, of course, have been destroyed as well. Uh, and some, some run-down tenements that have been revamped uh one of them is is like halfway through construction and you see a uh, an old not not old but you see a sign that's been kind of singed on the edges that's hanging akimbo that says uh ashcroft architecture he this is like totally discombobulated he's staring at this one storefront he's like predamange that used to be a jimmy john's um, okay, so he's just sort of looking at this, these signs of violence and is, um, concerned. So he scans the immediate area, and again, he's, he's looking for, um, non-cops. Okay. <laughs> Someone, yeah. 
Some you, person he can talk to. Yeah, you see a couple people walking down the streets. Uh, you know, they're periodically, like, looking up or looking over their shoulders or whatever. But you see, like, an older lady. She's got a, a couple of bags of groceries. You see a dude riding by on his bike. You see a couple cars. Okay. Bike guy pedals over to Fergus and stops. Yes. Um, he, he tells Fergus what's been going on in the city. Okay. Um, Mind control seems so useful. What, what does Fergus ask him? Uh, okay. He's just like, he, he, he mentally instructs this person to, um, tell him why things look like they've been damaged and broken down. Man, it's it's all the metas that have moved into town since that whole political debacle, and I don't know. It's just they're just throwing the city up in chaos. Okay, he's he he's gonna explain what political debacle means. The uh, yeah, I mean, how far back do you want me to go? Well, you've been living under a rock, but I don't know. Uh. Two years ago now, there was the big throw-up between uh, the Technological Progress Party and, uh, oh my gosh, I just brain farted. Help me out, fuck. Strong American Yeah, the Strong American Men Party. There was a a bunch of shit, like, one side won, and the other side didn't like it, and the shit, the city kind of went to shit, and there was... Fergus just holds up a hand. Just like that's that's enough. That's so distasteful to me. I can't stand to hear anymore. Um. He 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 lets he lets his control of bike guy lapse. The guy just kind of shakes his head and gives you a weird look. He's, can I help you? Got man? the rabbit mask. Actually, once he sees the rabbit mask, he like scoots the bike around and just kind of pedals off like not overly fast but just kind of like okay would you would you like to buy uh, party drugs from me uh, yes go away it's like you sound like a fucking cop yeah yeah yep yep doesn't know the names of any party drugs knows someone dressed like this sells party drugs mm-hmm. It um, probably okay. feels pretty cool that he knows that. <laughs> yeah, he's very impressed with himself. Um, okay. So, if that's the case, then he will head toward... He will He will make his way... Okay. He's going he's gonna to walk generally in the direction of the old warehouse space he was using as the headquarters of the Monster Squad. Okay. And that is going to be... You are here... Monster mm-hmm. Squad HQ is here. It's on the southeastern end of the city. It's in the warehouse and I'm, district, and you're more in like the residential northwest area. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, he'll start. He'll start walking in that direction, and as soon as he sees someone in a car pull over, he walks over to that car. That person politely hands him the keys and leaves. He takes their car and starts driving that way. Okay. Um. Just for funsies, give me a vehicle roll. Yuki, I did not put any points in that. All right, roll me one dice. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) You see what I have to work with here, people? Yeah. Bust your balls. Better than break your neck, I suppose. Hmm. Nothing. No successes. Alright. Nope. You're driving along. Luckily, this isn't a stick shift. You know, you don't know how long it's been since you've been in a physical, much less in a vehicle. That's fair. And you almost hit, you actually like rub against the other car that's parallel parked (laughs) because you don't turn the wheel far enough. And you get kind of towards the center of the city like you make it a couple blocks and everything 
Then all of a sudden, there's this, you hear this, and this laser beam comes shooting straight through the hood of the car. Okay. I I bail out of the car. Okay. You jump out of the car, and the car just... <laughs> and rolls, you know, like, straight through the... This laser beam went straight through the engine block. And you okay. look up, and there's two people on a rooftop just, like, fucking duking it out, and you see, like, laser beams shooting off occasionally, and you see, like, ice forming up out of the ground, and... Johnny Snow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, the building... This is This is happening... Up, up above, like, can I see these people? You can, you can see like silhouettes. They're probably half a block away and like ten oh. stories up. Like you're, you, you kind of just ra got a random bit of, excuse me, a random bit of fire, uh, mm -hmm. like across a park. Like you were going across a, a green space, pretty much. Right. Okay. Um. He's going to go into the first building that looks like it has an elevator. And uh, he's going to take that up to the roof. And um, up on the roof, he's going to take a bunch of, like, shingles or roofing material or just, like, side panels off of the, like, HVAC units or, or whatever and telekinetically build a bridge to the next roof. He's just going to travel across the roofs that way. Okay. He's gonna head head toward these people. All right. Yeah. It it takes you elevator ride, all that stuff. Uh, takes you fifteen minutes. Da, 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 uh, by da, then, the, da, 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 da. by the time you get to the like third building, uh, the fight's over, and you see like the dude with the laser eyes standing over the other person. Just like vaguely, you can hear vague shouting and histrionics. So I can see him at this point. Mm -hmm. So he's within range. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to mind control him. Okay. I'm not going to make your roll for it. You do. Oh, okay. Then, um, he, he stops talking, uh, and he, he turns around just sort of lets his arms hang down at his sides and he waits until Fergus gets over there. Okay. Um, what does he look like, and what's the situation with the other meta who's down? I presume it's a meta. You get over, and you see a, a dude, you know, works out. Not He's not, like, super ripped or anything. Like, he's still got a, a little bit of a uh, tummy and everything. And he's not in, like, superhero spandex, but he's in, like, under the equivalent of Under Armour uh, type deal. And... Uh, He's got like a a visor on and it's like blue and then there's like a green one and a yellow one and they it looks like they like flip almost. Mm. And he's just kind of standing there motionless and then you see uh, another person and they're in like a the facsimile of like a winter parka but it's not poofy like you can tell it's not like for warmth. Uh, it's more of an aesthetic choice you know, hair slightly down over their face and everything, but, but, uh, feminine features. And, uh, they look like they're unconscious. There, there's some, there's some blood, uh, like trickling out of their sleeve. And you notice that the sleeves is like burnt mm -hmm. and everything. And their, their fingers, like each of their fingertips, uh, looks like they're frostbitten. Like they're kind of black and white. Okay. Fergus just stands there and surveys the scene for a moment, and then he goes just sort of to himself and to the great invisible audience he's always imagining. He just goes, well, <laughs> looks like lasers beat ice. And then, you know, he's he's actually sort of aiming that sarcastically at this dude who's standing there. You do that, and he's like, yeah. 
you're going to tell me what this is about. And you're going to do it with a minimum of, of, of editorial comment. We had beef, so we fought. Uh, all right, a bit more context. Why do you have beef? Who is this person? Who are you? We were in a bar, and I hit on her. She said no, and then I said some really bad shit that I knew was bad, and she didn't like it, so we got in a fight. So I guess I'm an asshole. What is the source of your power? Uh, my eyes. The... I didn't say, where do the lasers come out of? How did you get your... I'm a meta. What you are is intensely intellectually lazy. Why is the MHTF here? They've been here for the past, I don't know, like six months, year. Ever since the city went into shutdown. Very good. And what happens? And he reaches out and deliberately, like, wipes his greasy fingertips on the guy's visors. He's like, what happens if I take this off? Uh, I lose control some. Well, you already lost control some. You almost burned me to death in a car. Several blocks that way. Uh, well, that's shitty. You are shitty. So, Fergus, like, dusts off his <laughs> rave Fer dad. Fergus, Fergus dunking on some dude. He dusts off his, his rave dad shirt. You know, he's like fussing with his clothes a little bit. And then he looks at the guy, and instead of giving verbal commands, raises his hands in the air, and this guy turns and heads for a fire escape or the stairs or, or whatever. Okay. And um, he's going he's gonna to go below. He's going to make himself very obvious and get caught by the MHTF. That's what he's doing. Okay. You now give me a mind control roll just yes. to see how long it lasts. Well, I mean, this is something that's counter to his interests, so uh, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be unreasonable for him to uh, roll it to force to resist. I'm going to give him an extra die just to because it's against his... Okay, so he got two successes on three dice. Seven, okay. eight, nine. He, he those sixes. Yep, he goes... That you know of, like, he is... Yeah. He's under it for however long it takes the MHTF to find him. I, I figure Fergus would... would have him walk toward the nearest MHTF person, say uh, say something about that person's mother, and then just wait and see what happens. All right. Um, meanwhile, he he looks at the <laughs> he he looks down at the uh, ice person. There, he doesn't really know anything about first aid, but he's gonna like check for their pulse. Yeah, you you've had enough previous experience, like. It seems okay. It seems like they got knocked out. Their arm seems kind of jacked up, but other than that, they seem like they'll probably pull out of it. Okay. I mean, by that guy's own account, she's basically blameless in this, so he's not going to hold it against her that she uh, did her best to protect herself against some dirtbag. So um, he's just going to leave, I guess. Okay. He's he's carrying this this debris cloud with him, and he's going to use it to uh, roof bridge. Um, and he's basically headed toward okay what used to be. You are heading south southeast, and you see something that get gets your attention. You see a large sprawling lawn uh, with a 
what you remember as a pristine, uh, like old style manor house with a wrought iron fence around it. It is not so pristine anymore. You see the Sep's headquarters a bit in ruins. Uh, part of the roof is collapsed. Uh, some of the fencing has been torn down. The yard has been ripped up. I mean, we never really established how Fergus feels about the Sept too hard, I guess, but, well, no, that's not true. No, we know very well how he feels about them, don't we? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, he's gonna go down there and, and experience massive amounts of schadenfreude. All right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's bad. Um, it doesn't look like there's any power running to it. It is well past its heyday. And, uh, yeah, do you go in or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna wander the grounds for a bit. He's gonna take it all in. He's probably quoting, uh, Ozymandias from memory. Okay. I don't have that poem memorized, but Fergus probably does. You... What? go in and you're immediately met by a small child, probably about six to eight years old, dirty face, worn clothes. And they've got like a granola, like a granola bar half peeled in their hand. And they look at you with big wide eyes. Hello. And they go running off. They start screaming. They're going, Jacob! Jacob! Jacob. Jacob? And you hear booted feet running. And you see a young man, probably about, and when I say young man, late teens, probably about mm. 17, a little bit of scruff on the chin. Uh, you know, some still some peach fuzz and everything, but so, long, stringy hair. Um, it, it's peach fuzz because it looks like he hasn't shaved or bathed in a while. And he's got bloodied, dried, caked blood um, with, like, gauze wrapped around it on each of his arms. And he come, and you when you hear the booted feet getting close, you also hear this ching, 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 like a, a giant ring of keys. And he slides around the corner, and he's got, like, a box cutter. And he's holding it up against his arm. <laughs> that won't be necessary. Who are you? Why are you here? You wouldn't remember me. I don't mean you any harm. That, f that voice. Wait. There's... There's no need to put me in one of your magic blood prisons. You're... You start to see, like, he's not thinking about it. Like, the, the knife is just, like, getting pressed in his skin, and you start seeing, like, a trickle of blood, like, getting soaked in. And he's not even, like, flinching. He's just like... Stop, stop. What? Uh, uh. No, it... It's okay, Ella. It, 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 he's, he's not going to hurt you. C come here. And the the little kid, little girl that you, you now notice, like, comes over and, like, stands, like, behind him. And he, he's got a hand on her head. I had a feud with someone you know once. I don't suppose... I remember. She's, she's still around. No, she... She's she's not here anymore, but uh, but Eric is. He's he's not here. Do I know now. who Eric is? Uh, no, you do not. You do not know who Eric is. Everybody else is has 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 gone on, but I didn't have anywhere else to go. And you start hearing like chattering, and you you hear like bare feet slapping wood. And you hear a bunch of, like, kids uh, getting rowdy. And you see, like, five or six kids, like, shoot past down the hall. And he's like, 
It's like, Sam, quit, quit pulling on Justin's shirt. That's the last one his size. Sorry, sorry, they, they get... N no, but how, how are you back? You just, you disappeared. Like, no, nobody knew where you went. He slowly pulls the rabbit mask off. He just says... We, we all found out that about what Disastro did after you left. What? The, he, where he was behind, he was... He was funding the the strongmen, but 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 in the, but he was also one of the heads of the 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 uh, TPP. I never followed the politics. I was so far away from here. I couldn't begin to explain it to you. I no, but, but Seven said that he was your mouthpiece in the Sept. That you had a hand on him. What? Seven said that you were gonna dismantle the Sept through Disastro, and he was your ally. Uh, do I remember any of that? That's... That doesn't sound like me. That doesn't seem like something I would... And again... This is... I have a lot of catching up to do. I... I uh, they'll... That's... They'll, they'll want to see you. But And you hear, like, something crash and everything. He's like... He just points at you. He's, I've got to take care of this. And the, the boots. And, and when you see him turn... They're just like rows upon rows. Like he's got this thick, almost like weightlifter belt around his his waist, and it's just like you almost can't see the leather because there's so much. There's so many charms hanging off of it. And you get banished, and you get banished, and you get banished. Okay. Poor kid's been working hard. Um. Fergus is, like, very emotional about all these little kids running around, and he's and, trying not to show it. this place is, like, no power, like, smells bad, dirty. So much for my spite enjoyment. So, what is he going to take care of? I mean, Fergus just follows him if he's going somewhere. Oh, you, you seem like like some of the kids like crashed into a table and, and overturned it. And he's like picking them up and like straighten them. And one of the kids is crying and he's wiping the tears off. And he's just like, no, no, it's fine. He's like, kids like, I want pop tarts. He's like, we ran out of pop tarts last week. I'm, I'm sorry. It's like, you'll have to wait till dinner. Okay. Fergus turns to him. He puts his mask back on, and he just says, Warden, I will fix this. Give me some time. He just turns As for your former... Yeah, I've heard that before. No, no, no. You haven't. As for your former team, if any of them want to speak to me, they're welcome to find me. I have nothing to say. I will get you resources for these kids. He just doesn't say anything. He just keeps talking to the kids. Like he gives you, he shoots you like a, a side eye of disbelief and then just keeps talking to the kids. Okay. Walks past you and kind of shoulders you a little bit. Okay. I'll, not, not I'll like, allow it. Yeah. Not like, <laughs> like I, I'm showing you how tough yeah. I am. Just kind of like, he doesn't throw his shoulder at you. He just walks, and right, his size belies the strength that his he's carrying. Okay, all right, yeah. No, this this isn't right. Um, Fergus is gonna walk around. So, like, if this is a little ring where Jacob and the kids are, he's gonna go a little bit out in the 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 buildings and and the grounds. And if there's anything 
any like collapsing or collapsed structures, if there's stuff that parts of the manor that are going to fall down or like sharp shit on the ground that could stab a kid's foot. It just moves into a neat pile. It writes itself. It stacks. He, okay. he cleans the place up. All right. Yeah. You find plenty of, of debris to clean up and detritus and all that. And yeah, you find all kinds of little sharp bits and everything and stack them neatly. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll keep some of the sharp bits. Okay. They, they form in a little ball and he, and he holds it. All right. But, um, the rest of the debris, he neatly stacks and like, if there's if there's a thing that's like gonna fall in, he'll like take a pillar from over here and prop it up, or you know he he, okay. he does his best to stabilize the place physically. Yeah, and then I, he's mean, I mean, there's like a hole, a big hole in the roof that it looks like somebody fell through or got pushed out of. But other than that, like the building seems structurally sound. If there's any, if he has the right combination of stuff, he'll try to patch the hole in the roof. Yeah, you can you can throw together some some loose wood and and whatnot that you find that kind of fits on top of it. But yeah, uh, it, it, I imagine after that you head back in the direction of Monster Squad HQ. Yes. Okay. You travel the rest of the way pretty interrupted. I imagine that maybe this time you find a taxi or something that you don't have to pay for. And you see some fighting off in the distance. You see some, like, speedsters going up the side of a wall and some people, like, getting knocked around and getting thrown up in the air and all kinds of manner, manner of other things. And you approach... You get dropped off in the, the old warehouse district. And, and, and you're on that towards the outskirts now, so occasionally you'll see 138 tromping through the distance and you get there and the warehouse is still the warehouse but the windows look thicker and the locks look better there's like digital padlocks or, or bio scanners on the walls yeah a couple things like that okay Fergus walks toward the nearest door you hear like a, a mechanical kind of stop buzzery sound and uh, a voice comes out says uh, identification invalid please state name and purpose okay so he he's never he has yet to get like comfortable with this yet but uh, because machines generally are too complex to be props in a, a puppet show. He wouldn't have a, a puppet on a laptop. Mm -hmm. But Fergus still thinks of, he's coming to think of any object, any device as mm -hmm. a prop. So he's going to reach out with machine control and see if he can take command of this thing. Okay, roll it for me. Six four four six. All right. That was good because you had a daunting threshold, which was three. You needed three successes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty pretty spiffy security system. Um. So yeah, tell me how you tell me how you grab this. You you, so... you have three or more successes, so you get narrative control. Okay, so Fergus makes the machine, it, he tells the machine to execute whatever command it does when it tries to identify people. And then he watches in the system as that happens. So he can see what it's actually trying to do. Is it scanning him visually or something? Yeah, it looks like it's doing like a a biometric read of him. Like, like face or other stuff? Like... 
facial recognition like it's a it's a pretty in-depth like it's a facial recognition but it's also doing like a general body scan like it's able to tell if you're a meta or not um a couple other things that would identify specifically to a person like your general biometrics okay he uh he has it give he 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 looks to see if it has like profiles that it recognizes. Are there like saved people in there? Yes. Yep. You okay. notice a couple of saved profiles. You see Experiment Seven, Mad Spitter, Son of Jaguar, uh, the Knife. Okay. There's there's a couple of names that you're not familiar with that are saved in it. You see uh, Communique. You see. A couple of other metas that are within the city that have been saved in the in this uh, like save file. Communique. Mm -hmm. Really? No. No. Like, um, you know, a couple okay. of names you, you're not familiar with. Okay. Um. He the the machine believes that it is seeing the knife. Okay. And um. He waits to see what happens. Okay. The door. Click. Okay. He goes in. All right. You pull the door open. And the inside is nothing, nothing like what you remember seeing. There's living space. It's it's clean. It's uh, it's well kept. You see like banks of computers with large screens. You see like these double metal cordoned off doors. Uh, you see like these clear glass wall section that's got like all types of medical equipment in it. And walking by with a, a the fucking biggest sandwich you've ever seen in your entire life and you just taken a bite of it, you see this pretty large, you know, square-shouldered dude um, that's kind of in a, a tattered boggin and hoodie and some beat-up jeans and some high tops, and he's just like, uh, No fucking way! I'm the bunnyhead man! He, he, like, swallows the entire bite whole. He's like, Holy shit, Pops, I'd know you anywhere! And he just comes over and gives you this giant fucking hug. Is it Jaguar? No, it's it's Mad Spitter. Oh, okay. Alright, that was my first guess. Shouldn't second guess myself. It's like, how could you possibly in this get-up recognize... Ah, uh, shit, man. Who else would wear a dumbass mask like that? And who else skinny ass would be come walking in here? Where the fuck you been? Like, three years. Shit. I would tell you... And he takes the mask off. But you wouldn't believe me. It's... Damn, you got old, dad. I've been away longer than I've been gone. If that makes any sense. No. Oh. Okay, fine. Shit. That's seven. to be expected. No. Seven. And what? like he's like, what? What happened here? Everything is. Oh shit, man! Fucking, fucking eight ball and and seven. Fucking did this place up right. Eight ball. Oh shit! Fucking one thirty eight, man. Uh, but, uh, and, and you see, like, kind of, you see this whitish, almost silvery shape, like, undulating over the walls and around and everything. And, like, occasionally you'll see, like, a hand reach up, and then it'll turn into, like, a tentacle, and then it'll turn into a claw, and the shape just kind of keeps constantly changing. Then it hits about 20 feet close to you and turns humanoid, but every time it moves, it just, like, undulates, and it's this constantly shifting, vaguely human form. And as it gets close to you, it kind of consolidates more into, like, a, a featureless 
human idea, like uh, what you would see of like a, a statuette or something. And in that dual voice that they have, you hear Seven say, Fergus, we thought we'd lost you. And I want to cut that one there. So let's take a uh, like a five minute break. When we come back, Jubal, uh, we're going to catch up on Claire. Super cool. 